0: Uh, I also found a nice meditating karate fox to be Mary. Okay, that's nice, and a, a very worried person for Martha. So
1: see, and this is why I feel like your computer stand could look better. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think. No, you're definitely right. I'm not living up to my potential for the computer. Right. I
1: mean, yeah. look at look at what we got here I on know. Instagram. I know. I know.
0: It on Instagram. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast. Your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the Minister of Formation at Good Samaritan Episcopal Church in San Diego.
2: And I'm Maya Little Sonia, and I'm the Youth Minister at St. Paul's Episcopal Cathedral. Hello,
1: everyone. I'm Charlotte Pressler. I'm the Youth Missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego, and happy to be with you today.
0: Yes. And I'm happy to be with Charlotte in the same room. So exciting. (laughs) You know, it's a a hard podcast that we never, it's sad for me that we aren't always all together. I know. We never have. There's only been like four times that we were all with, that Maya, Jackie and I were all together. Mm -hmm. And then you and Maya and I have never, have not yet been all together. But you know, we make it work. Yep, and today I went rogue
1: and got in the car and came That's right.
0: To that's right. <laughs> Always an option. Mm-hmm. Uh, for anybody, anybody out there that wants to come visit Good Samaritan Episcopal <laughs> Church, I'm here. We're in University City, Eastgate Mall. Uh, it's a beautiful, sunny day in San Diego, as you can imagine, like 97% of all the days. And we are in the week of July 28th, proper 12. Uh, continuing along nicely in Luke's gospel uh, We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer And the words that Jesus, is, Jesus uses to explain to the disciples about the Lord's Prayer uh, For Proverbs 12 in year C, Luke's year But first got to get to our Instagram poll that we promised uh, this week Or last week in the podcast Yes, um, is it Martha or Mary? i got to yeah. know So Charlie wanted to know, Martha or Mary?
1: Mm-hmm
0: and the results are in, and 75-25, not quite a sweep, but it was an overwhelming victory for Mary. Wow. Yeah, Mary sitting at Jesus' feet, took the day. Apparently nobody wants to eat.
1: Yeah, you know? yeah. Or maybe they want to eat, but they don't want to be responsible for making
0: it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Mm, unbelievable. Mm. Uh, so we asked, whose side do you want, <laughs> Mary or Martha? <laughs> I asked it probably in the most oppositional way possible. It was very I didn't mean it to sound that harsh but uh, it was and uh, I'm sure that they were fine afterwards. They are sisters after all related to one another you know and so today I posted well you know really the last week we in the podcast we talked about the kind of balance between the two of them you know that is important that both things are important so. Uh, it was probably a little unfair of me to make people choose <laughs> one or the other. But it was fun. Uh, so thanks, everybody, for taking part in the poll. Mary won. Uh Martha, Yay, Mary. Martha will have another chance, you know, at least, at the most, in three years. Uh-huh. But hopefully before then. Um, and thanks, everybody, for uh, taking part in our poll. To those that did, uh, I posted uh, today... Well, by the time you hear it, it'll be last week. Um, The results, as well as the question, do the the two need to be in opposition to one another? Which is kind of what we talked about last week. And there was also a great uh, reflection on that by um, Kay Hoke from Her Way of Love, which you you can also find on Instagram, uh, which is a um, kind of like women's collective of women following the Way of Love resources uh, from the Episcopal Church. Uh, so you can follow them on Instagram. They also have a website, and they do a lot of great stuff. So check them out, too. Um, also, if you would like to uh, put your two cents in about Mary or Martha, or if you'd like to ask us any questions or send us any comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through our Instagram page, at faith2go, where you can also follow us and keep, keep up with all the things we post. Uh, you can also email us, faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org, or you can contact us through our website, www.myfaith2go.org. And like every week, all the faith to go resources, which you can find on the website, will be based on this week's gospel. So we're going to get into the gospel, uh, and again, is Proper 12, uh, Luke 11, 1-11. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we're each going to highlight a point that we hope you take into your faith discussions and reflections.
1: Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. He said to them, When you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers from within, do not bother me. The door has already been locked, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever is he needs. So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to
0: those who ask Him? All right, a wide-ranging discussion from Jesus on the Lord's Prayer, bringing in snakes and scorpions, Uh, calling people evil, people that don't have bread, man, there's a lot in there. So uh, we're going to get into it. The only uh, thing I think to say for context's sake is that, I think probably two things. One of them is that this story takes place right after Mary and Martha from last week. So that story ends, and then it just picks up right with, he was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. Uh, the second thing is that if you know the Lord's Prayer by heart, which I, I think probably that's the most famous number of verses, in well-known, at least by heart, memorized yeah. in the Bible, um the there's some stuff missing from what everybody probably says on sundays or in prayer during the week uh that's because there's two different versions of the lord's prayer one of them's in matthew one of them's in luke and luke's version is shorter so the one that we usually pray is more is closer to the matthew version so it's a little bit different slightly shorter um but that's why, uh, because what, what we are used to saying is kind of a combination of the two, and mostly from Matthew, because Matthew's has more words. That's all. So, uh, Charla has the first point.
1: I do, because I want to start right at the very beginning. Um, for me, as I read through the verses this week and considered what we were going to talk about, well, there's a lot, right? We've, we've been in conversation, and we've talked about a lot of things, all of us together. But for me, it was right at the beginning, and that was that I just resonated so strongly with what the disciples ask and what Jesus offers. And I think that some of that is that they say, Lord, teach us how to pray as John taught his disciples. And for me, when I listen to that that verse, I think about their desire to do it right, that they want to be more like Jesus and that they just want to know if I'm going to pray to God, how should I do it? And knowing that God is big and powerful and vast, Jesus chooses his words really carefully. He says, when you pray, say. And he chooses words that make God seem approachable. At least for me, they make God seem approachable. And the word Father, well, perhaps we know that God's not male, Anymore, um, but it isn't really a sense of saying that God is male or God is female. It's a it's a relationship word. It's a word that makes God approachable to us. That makes it feel more like a family type of relationship to them. So when you're asking, you're asking someone that you know loves and cares for you, for what you need, and and for maybe what they know that you need. And so Father for me resonates that way. But then taking that word, Father, and saying, even though I feel this close proximity of relationship to you, I realize that your name is holy and that it is my prayer for your kingdom to come. Um, And then Jesus takes it to the next step, and he says, give us each day our daily bread. And I love that because like, maybe there was a time when they were wandering through the wilderness that manna was what they really needed. But in our lives, I think that we're looking less for the Wonder Bread aisle in the grocery (laughs) store and more for the myriad of things that is complex human beings of emotion that we really need on a daily basis. And then that, that can vary and it can change. And some days I need peace and some days I need fortitude. And some days I need five minutes all to myself. That might be about five o'clock most days in case anybody was wondering, but it's more about what we need as human beings and less about the physical item of bread and it takes these things, this vastness of God and of need, and it turns it into a conversation that we can understand. Mm-hmm. And that really resonates with me, that it's important that we understand the vastness of God, but it's also important that we feel like we can approach God.
0: Yeah, and I think that I think that um, because of the way that the prayer has been translated over the course of the last... Two thousand years, um, it has be. It's the way that we, the way that I think most people say it, uh, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." This this kind mm-hmm. of like old English version of saying it makes it seem very formal, like we're supposed to be using some sort of formal language to address God. Mm-hmm. Jesus's whole point here is to make it not formal, yeah. And, and we kind of lost, we lose that when we do this "thy" and "art" and thing. So actually, in the Book of Common Prayer, when you're looking at the Book of Common Prayer, at the Lord's Prayer, there's actually two different versions of the Lord's Prayer that are always Mm -hmm. next to each other in columns, and the one on the left is the traditional one, and the one on the right is contemporary, well, contemporary of 1979, but um, the one on the right, no one ever says, but the whole point of of the change in translation was to make it more, was to make it, you know, more personal. Right. Yeah. So... So the idea that when we're using this, that we use this kind of uh, high and lofty language to talk to God in the Lord's Prayer is kind of the exact opposite of what Jesus' hope was for the prayer, like Charlotte is saying, is that Jesus is, again, bringing God right down to us. So, yeah. So, yeah. I love that, that personalizing that Jesus is doing, that you're talking about.
2: Making, it, right. making the approach easier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like what you said, Charlotte, about asking for our needs and how our needs change. And that kind of goes into my point. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about this really persistent friend that's knocking on his friend neighbor's door in the middle of the night asking for, hey, can I have some bread? (laughs) (laughs) There's a guy and he needs it. Um, And go away. And then he just keeps going. Right. Uh, And then that perseverance is very interesting. And it is. And. That is what Jesus highlights in that story. And when I ask anyone for things, including God, I often add a bunch of qualifiers. Like, hey, whenever you have the time, if it's not too much trouble, but if you can't, that's all right. But maybe if you could, please, if you want, perhaps... If you have the time, if it's most convenient for you, I add all like these, you know, precursors to what I want or what I need before or after I ask, you know, because I often I tend to ask for things just assuming that other people will not that there isn't enough for me that, you know, that there isn't just assuming that it won't happen, you know, and but maybe if you can, that'd be great, you know. And so I think he's encouraging us to not ask out of and, – and this guy right here, I mean, that's kind of a long shot. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't go on my, knock on my neighbor's door in the middle of the night ask for bread. And he probably wouldn't answer. And so I think, you know, I really wanted to highlight that, that persistence and that um, directness that I think that Jesus is highlighting where – it's asking for things even if we don't think it's possible. And if we go back to the Lord's Prayer, I've prayed that prayer on a Sunday morning, like absolutely convinced that I would not get my needs met for this, that, and the other thing, that I would never be forgiven for this, that, and the other thing, and that I couldn't forgive people for things, you know? And and like, like almost convinced, like almost entirely. But... I still asked that even if I thought it was impossible that I still asked that it was that I would be forgiven and that I could be able someday by the grace of God to forgive people. And so I think there's just great power in asking and being the child in the relationship that Jesus talks about later where we ask for things. And I feel like children have a lot less reservation about asking for things. You know, they'll straight up ask you if they, without considering if it's possible or if it's allowed or, you know, they're very um, persistent and consistent in in their asking. And I think he's calling us to be, to expand what we believe is possible if we just ask for it.
1: To believe in our own worth. I mean, I think that that's some of what I hear you saying, Maya, is that, you know, maybe if it's all right when you have time, to me resonates of somebody else might be more important than I am. Someone else's needs might be more important than I am. And that we determine our own worth to God. um, Mm -hmm. Instead of realizing that we're all beloved children of God and that God comes from this place of abundance of which you speak. And so in asking, we afford God that opportunity to meet us
2: because we are his beloved children. Right. It is in asking that we claim that identity.
0: Um, So, Number three. Number three is my turn. I wanted to talk about the persistence that Jesus is trying to convey is required of us in this in this prayer. Um, what is it? I just I love the idea that this guy has to be super annoying to get what he needs, you know, and and that. There's something about it that Jesus is trying to convey. Like, this is not going to be easy. You know, it's not like you just put out your hand and whatever you want is going to be placed in it. You know, um, that there there is this. It's this non-dual way of of thinking about what he's of thinking about prayer that I think he's trying to get across, which is that yes, as much as you will always, you will be given what you need um as much as god is on our side and is there to support us there's also something that is true that is that we there it, that it is hard still that it is that that there is some struggle and strife and challenge to doing that work of asking and prayer and the action verbs of ask and search and knock, are really much more forceful in the Greek. That this word ask isn't just kind of... it's. That's what this, the first story is kind of about, is that this guy isn't just asking, he's kind of like, he's pushing the boundaries of what polite asking are. He's kind of demanding, in a way. And that's what the Greek word for ask here really means, is it's like this forceful request. Um, this searching is kind of like a search... A, an inquiring that kind of will that that has to be pushed until something is found that there is no, there's no giving up in this in this idea of searching in the Greek and that this this word knock isn't like a gentle tap on the door but it's like like banging against it with a giant stick you know it's like if there was anybody sleeping inside you're waking them up to get what you need yeah. and and again we're back to the non-duality of it because it doesn't say knock down the door and take what you need. It says knock be forceful it's active but it's also and then you have to wait for it to be opened, you know? So there's both this activity and this waiting that has to happen. And it's similar to last week when we talked about Mary's contemplation and Martha's action. You know, it's like that one has to kind of fuel the other. That's a back and forth and a both and. And it's interesting to me how there's this thing about the the action of prayer, of contemplation, and then just the waiting that is kind of this darkness, that is the silence, you know, that is the waiting for the door to be opened and mm-hmm. in God's waiting room mm-hmm. sometimes and it feeling like it takes forever and you're yeah. never going to find it, but it's always there.
2: Oh, well, that assertiveness, that that forceful knocking and that persistent asking, oh, that terrifies someone like me who does all of those, well, you know, whenever blah, 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 those qualifiers, those whenever it's convenient for you type things. Mm-hmm. But I think that's exactly what he's trying to do. It's, it's you know, ask for what you need and, and do it. And if you need to, you know, inconvenience a couple of people. Then that's
0: what you got to do, and that terrifies me. But I think that's what he's going for. Okay, so that is three points. Woohoo! Uh, yeah, point number one was Charlotte's, and that was about uh, Jesus teaching the disciples this Lord's Prayer and the the personal nature of the way that Jesus is describing uh, the way to interact with God. That God is not this far off, distant. Uh, man, certainly, Um, but that God is this ever-present, inward-dwelling, personal, parental figure uh, that is in relationship with each one of us. Um, Maya talked about um, the importance of asking and in the face of resistance and in the face of our own fear about asking for what we need. Um, to remember this, that Jesus is saying it is in the persistence that we that we find what we need and find what we want. And number three was mine, and that was about this uh, non-dual back and forth of that activity and energy of the asking, the searching, and the knocking, and then the waiting game of waiting for the door to be opened, the finding and the being given. So... Uh, Having heard those three points, Charlotte's going to read the gospel one more time and see if you hear anything new this time through.
1: Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 13. He was praying in a certain place, and after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins. For we ourselves forgive everyone indebted to us, and do not bring us to the time of trial. And he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and you go to him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, for a friend of mine has arrived, and I have nothing to set before him. And he answers you from within, Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you anything because he is his friend, at least because of his persistence, he will get up and give him whatever he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who searches finds, and for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give a snake instead of a fish? Or if the child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him?
0: All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in this week. That's our podcast for the week of July 28th, proper 12, from Luke's Gospel. Uh, make sure to go check out all those Faith to Go resources at www.myfaithtogo.org. Check us out on Instagram at Faith to Go, and make sure to send us your questions, comments, or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection either through Instagram. Uh, through the website or you can email us faith2go at stpaulcathedral.org make sure to go rate and review this podcast and until next time we say goodbye. goodbye goodbye everyone goodbye